Let me tell you yeah. something. Be- before we start, before we started the show, I was going over because I want to talk about like how I do my stuff, my investigation. Man, this case that we're going to talk about, I was literally reading it again. <laughs> I screamed out loud. This is why I asked about explicit tag. I screamed out loud. Oh my god, that's so fucking crazy! Like I've already heard of the case. I've already read through like the files and the affidavits and the transcripts, and I'm sitting here rereading them for this show, and I'm like, that's so fucking crazy! Why? So I'm pretty excited for uh, this episode. Now, has this been enough banter? I read one of your reviews that said they don't like the banter. It was only one person and it was the only (laughs) negative review. So should we keep going to upset that person? Let's not even talk about murder. We're not even talking about, well, let me do the intro at least because then we're going to have like no intro, just banter. I love it. So welcome back. No, because fuck them. Like it's a podcast. Get like, fuck you. It's a podcast. Like you need an intro. You know what you clicked on. You didn't turn this on on the, and guess what? When you turn shit on on the radio, there is, no intro either it's just <laughs> npr being like and that's why you decided to invest in salsa sauce it's like whatever <laughs> like you don't need an intro you know what's happening you're not from mars like who cares well, you know the name of this sh- who cares <laughs> i like the chaotic energy that's how my past week has been is mm-hmm. just because i don't know if some people aren't on classics twitter haven't my post but there was a Greek history podcast of sexually harassing that I had met. And then I thought back after I learned about what it, I was like, oh shit, he did that to me. So that's how my <sighs> week is realizing I've been sexually harassed by someone I thought was a friend. Well, speaking <laughs> of sexually harassers, we're going to talk about Christopher Paul Hassan, a guy who was really into MGTOW, a red pill cult. And now the intro. It's my podcast now. I've taken over. Too late, everyone. We're going to have free elections. No, wait, scratch that dictatorship i love invasions let's go which is perfect for both of these episodes that we're recording so mike do you want to tell everybody about your yeah i am the i am the co-host co-founder creator of the word hashtag cult um we're investigating a group called migtow men going their own way which is a variety of uh red pill cult who as the the fun banter suggested is a cult that believes in not marrying people, not masturbating, not trusting women, eugenics, and all the way up to getting rid of women and having artificial wombs. Uh, but it is a cult, uh, is the big thing. They're indoctrinated and um, indoctrinating each other. I just heard artificial... Yeah, one of the things that they will... that they'll Well, you know, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but essentially cults are not about beliefs, and you can make a cult about anything. Um, However, as you get more into this sort of scapegoating lifestyle of not addressing your problems and kind of creating stuff, you in general create more and more ridiculous from what experts have told me. You create more and more ridiculous outlets, enemies, stakes, and all these different things so that it feels more like a fight. So you feel like the hero. So for them, if you dig really deep into it, um, MGTOWs don't believe um, it's a red pill cult with women. They exist only on the internet, which is where the word hashtag cult comes from. And um, they 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 have all these forums and videos in which they indoctrinate each other, pressure each other to not trust women and on things. And um, as you get deeper into their conspiracy, it starts at men shouldn't date women because of some men's rights and goes all the way up into you should isolate yourself. You should only focus on yourself. Um, we don't need women at all. They're genetically a problem for the human race. And there are some, we've ran into this a few times now, who want... Um, artificial wounds so that we don't need women i'm because right now please ask i my mind is just running at like 10,000 volts of being like what the fuck how yeah they've been <laughs> around for seven years they target sort of depressed men suicidal men angry men divorced men that's kind of their their thing here and 
the guy we're going to talk about today, Christopher Paul Hassan. Because a lot of times when we tell people about these red pill people, when we tell them they don't want to date, they don't want to interact with people, that's what MGTOW is. They say, well, there hasn't been any violence. But the closest that a MGTOW has gotten to violence has been Christopher Paul Hassan, who was a Coast Guard. And that's that's the case we're going to get into oh, today. Not the Coast. Think Coast Guard? Pretty sure Coast Guard, yes. Yeah. Lieutenants I, in the United States. I've met just where I live. My friend's wearing a Coastie. They're like the, the nicest people you've ever met. A little crazy because, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you have to be. But, but yeah, I knew, I knew someone who like genuinely wanted to join the Coast Guard and they were, they were, I knew them as sort of a, 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 not a crappy person. That's a bad thing to say, but I knew them as on a very shallow level. And it was very cool to then like get to know like, oh, this is like what you believe. That was, it was, and they were a very genuine person. I don't think that this is representative of the Coast Guard. Oh, I don't uh, think so at all. Like, I don't, like, I remember when I think story came out and they were all like, what the hell, dude? We'll start with what MGTOW is and how I got into this. So you've never heard of MGTOW. Have you heard of Red Pill? A little bit. I don't really, strangely, based on the name, I don't really get into cults. There was one I got in, and that's because I grew up in the aftermath and, like, around where it was. Hmm. So, like, what the curling cult, cult murders up in Cleveland. I, oh, my okay. grandpa, five minutes away. Like, we over around the farmhouse, and, like, I found out after my mom and my aunt went to high school. So, they, girl whose parents owned the farm stuff. Like, I had, that's the only cult to get out of. I think that one thing... I've learned. I have an advantage in doing this cult investigation because I ran into somebody in my life who was a part of this group and I thought they were brainwashed. And so from there, I wanted to see if we could prove that MGTOW, which is a red pill cult, is what we call it, and a hashtag cult, is my word, if it is a cult. And one of the interesting things is when you say they creep me out, the idea of a cultic relationship, the idea of a coercive relationship from what experts told me and what I learned is actually that creeped outness is what's limiting cult education. It's limiting us to think that the only time someone's going to try and coerce us and get us to do something or try to join their affiliate marketing or, or you know, try to make the, make you believe that they're a really nice person for whatever reason or be in an abusive relationship with you. That stuff is everywhere. These same techniques, they don't just start and end at cult. There's a spectrum. There's somebody, you know, I didn't know that how close to abusive relationships cults were until we started. It's the same technique. No, so multi two kind yeah. of like. So we call cults uh, on our website um, un unbridled control by coercive. So there's there's cult stuff in your life everywhere. There's cult stuff in your life everywhere up until joining a full on organized cult. Yeah, that's the part that creates like the organ the organization. Like I get that religion is technical and all of that. Like I get the struct of it and how it changed in the '60s and that aspect where it went from simply people wanting to utopian society who let's control everything the control aspect creeps well yeah and modern cult stuff is not really about religion or anything like that it's about that abusive relationship it's about that abusive relationship to control some which is you know how you got to realize you can take any belief remember if you're in, in, in an actual abusive relationship you're you're in a type of, you can be in a type of cultic abusive relationship within a cult of one or a cult of two and like is the term used for it like you, you're, you're just there to like have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner. That's all you're there for. You're not there for any world peace reasons. You're there for, you know, life. These are like things that I think is the creepy elements, the over creepification of cults, the weird belief thing is what I think is from an outsider's perspective, limiting layman's knowing what cults. Almost no one after we talked to, I, I think cult education is like one of the worst there's so many documentaries about cults. There's so many different things. And yet this definition, which all the experts we, we know would go by, that's not what people know. They just know weird, creepy organizations. It's just abuse on a, on a mass level. What distinguishes MGTOW is 
Interest in, uh, and he comes up in this case, Breck, the single cell terror. MGTOWs will try and claim they aren't an organization, and that is what kind of lets them hide using hashtags on the internet. They'll say, we're individualists, we believe in whatever we want to believe, but they don't really, they have a philosophy. Do you get yelled at and indoctrinated on their forum, the comments section, to stay within the group? MGTOW saves lives is their motto. So they have to stay within this group to a certain extent, and their defense of it is what leads to me saying hashtag cult because they use the hashtag MGTOW hide on the internet. Now, where does Christopher Hassan come into it? Christopher Hassan was a Coast Guard and spent the majority of his time on the internet, close to the majority, I believe like half, I don't know, I don't have the actual number, on MGTOW website and red pill webs during the time that he's being charged that really impressive considering how many duties he probably had well <laughs> let's go into more of the things that are impressive considering how many <laughs> duties he had well you know like that's the thing is like you go home you have four hours at night right off hmm. you go on the internet as far as we can tell from the from the transcripts and things like that hassan's marriage was going bad to okay to bad to okay or good at times it was all over the place, self-isolating the thing that MGTOWs tell you to kind of do or feeling all these different different ways. And at the same time, he was doing a drug called Tramadol and modifying his own silence, which are ultimately his charges. So he has a lot of free time on it. And I think you'll find when when you're motivated by something odd like that, you have all the free time. Would you like to go through the charges? Yes, let's. Let's document. <laughs> I've got a million crazy five. So... I wanted to talk about that. How do you get your info on this podcast? I a lot of research. I try to get it from the library. I Google, but I ch I check like their sources. Yeah. Because I have an academic training, so I definitely check. I don't if it looks suspicious or sus. I definitely discard it. So we are doing a documentary, right? So I'm beholden to slightly different rules in academia, which I'm learning about as well. I don't know a ton about it, but for us, we have to use like first-person sources, which is a rule I'm making for this document and actual like verified sources. and we can't use other people's sources we're like making our own film You're so making i wanted your own to argument, yes <laughs> so i wanted to give your listeners sort of a little bit of an insight if they don't know we're using a website called pacer which if you're in the media um, you can apply for a user account and pay money to have direct access to court files which are if they're unsealed you can see and and look at so I'll be reading and telling you about things from the actual court file. So if you ever have a court that you're a case that you're interested in, get a Pacer account. You don't pay too much money to like look at certain things, especially if you know what document for. And you can skip over the Wikipedia and go straight to the source. And it might be worth it for people that are like listening to this show and into. Yeah. I don't know oh, if yeah. everybody always. I didn't know how to actually get access to my first crime documentary. This is, this is really account one: unlawful possession of unregistered firearm silencers. Account two: unlawful possession of firearm silencers unidentified by serial numbers. Count three: possessions of firearms by unlawful user and addict of a controlled substance, and count four, possession of a controlled substance. It's the combination of all the charges that are really because it's like you have a bunch of unregistered weapons and silencers and like a controlled substance and you're well. What's fascinating is what this case really turns into courtroom. And the reason I talk about this case and I actually think listening to some of Hassan's testimony, not testimony, the things that representatives said like that, I think he'll have a really introspective on year. One of the arguments that his defense makes is exactly what you said, which is it's all these different things all over the place that seem like you can connect all these dots, that seem like you can make these assumptions. One of which was the government called him a terror, not in his charges, they call him a terrorist. And so all these connecting dots really do make the common sense mind go, 
hmm, you know, like that's that's a lot of stuff. But then when it comes to the legal battle, you have less evidence. Uh, at one point, the judge in this case says you can't keep calling him a terrorist unless you file charges by this date that have anything to do with terror. The news was calling him a terrorist. And the, the government didn't, I don't, ended up filing them. Forget for what reason. But that's smart of the judge because he's like, either shut up or put up, you know, like there are strict definitions of what's a terrorist in this country. And if you don't have the evidence for it, you got to shut up. And it's really, it's really like an interesting case to read because one of the things we want to do for the documentary is get someone to talk about this FBI study where they talk about what, you know, an FBI expert comes in at one point in the case and says, here's what we identify as behavior online that it's, he just references a study that's like, this is what you have to do to be a credible threat. Like if you, you can say shit, you can just say shit on the internet. That's fine. Here's what we look for to see if you're just saying shit or if it's like action. They have this like list of behaviors that they've had a correlation with like actually doing something in real life. And it was interesting that this became more about terrorism than it did. And it became a lot more about uh, the Second Amendment than it did about anything else. Because because legally, could you call him a terrorist? Legally, was he going to commit an action? I should also add that Hassan had a hanging out with what we would probably colloquially call skinheads, was beginning to, to, to get back into that group as well, which, which makes some concerns. But again, the common sense mind hears all this and goes, man, that's weird. And the thing that gets pushed under is MIG MGTOW. If you go to those forums, go on their thing, encourage, they don't, they certainly don't stop hate of other groups. We found tons of racism and eugenics and misogyny, of course, and bigotry and all these different things within the forums. It's almost never stopped, um, but it's all these dots together. And the thing is that you can't know what someone's going to do, right? You just can't know what someone's going to do, but we do know when someone's getting worse. And that's my argument about, about MGTOW. Another word we kind of want to float other than hashtag cult is gateway group. Perhaps someone has suggested to us that perhaps, I think it was a study in Boston, that perhaps these groups are gateway. They allow you to become more radical without actually having a full radical plan. All these things together, though, definitely make him like a target. The drugs, the modifying silencers, the interest in sniper websites, which is really what they start talking about uh, in the trial as opposed to MGTOW. It all makes him really interesting. But for us, it's like, why is MGTOW not addressed? It's not legally has anything to do with it. It doesn't have anything to do with it. Except for the fact that looking at MGTOW, it breeds worse and worse psychological behavior. I don't, I, I'm trying to get people to change the word, but covert depression, toxic masculinity, these are things that are getting acted out. And it also seems like it's an echo chamber then, like if you get in there and you're like, you're all in this cycle, it just is going to encourage behavior going around and around and around. And if, if there's toxicity, you're just going to encourage more action like that. Or if you're depressive and other people are depressed, you build it up. So it's not going to help, you know? I don't know. I, so, uh, People have said the word, you, you, you've nailed it on the head. The only word I want to ask you about is echo chamber. I really don't know. I, I, it's one of those words that I'm reticent to use because people use it so much. What do you What do you mean by it? I'm, but what I mean by echo chamber is you're continuing the same idea thread, but there's no one to say, hey, that's a little weird. Especially yeah. in this case, on, online, if you group where you look and they all agree with each other. If someone else can get attacked, it's, I, I very much am open to learning about new things. So for me, whenever I see it very closed off, very very i guess it's more clo a closed off room like, you can't get in everything is all about this and it just builds and builds mm -hmm. and eventually it has to go somewhere and I, I'd, I'd say that's that's definitely like a part of what i've learned about cults is like this idea that outsiders aren't welcome that uh we had one subject where where he said that oh there's women that do stuff about this and i don't trust them so no one can agree with you and no one can disagree with you <laughs> you know there's women who write about MGTOW and somehow they're wrong too it's a part of confirmation bias mm -hmm. but i'll say this in terms of this cult and echo is 
they are always building. It has to get worse and worse and worse. As Randy Flood explained, it's the Men's Resource Center in Michigan. It stops working to get your anger out about the world. You have to making it, you have to keep getting more aggressive because that, that technique actually doesn't calm you. So one of the functions that we've shown about that word echo chamber and cults that we're trying to say as journalists is like, you, we call it echo chamber because we accept it on the internet. A cult expert would call it like indoctrination, stopping outside thought, you know, stopping critical thinking. Like those are real bad signs of a cult. So I only wanted to address that because it's one of those words that I, that I, I, I pretend to know what it means because I don't, I think you can just say for any, it's one of those words where I would just be like, yeah, oh, we went to Subway Sandwich, such an echo chamber, right? Oh my God, I'll get back there. It's also one of those where everybody has a different definition. Yeah. So you have to define what you mean by it. And there's a lot of this now. And I mean, which, how you described cult, it's very much how cult studies describes it and what it is on the internet are very similar in some regards. And it's scary. <laughs> Well, well very, our point in hashtag cult is as outside journalists who are just talking to cult experts who are investigating, our perspective is very similar. What do you mean? They're, they're the same. What's the effective difference? It's, it's what I call the Dolores Umbridge effect, right? What is the effective difference between being in a bad class, terrible teacher and watching the classes she teaches? There is none. At that point in time, you are in the exact same thing, but somehow made this cognitive dissonance that doesn't really work. It's like a fire alarm on, t uh, it's like a car alarm or um, like those smoke detector noises on TV as well. There's, it's just as unpleasant. It's, it's like, I don't want to hear a car alarm at all. I don't want to hear a smoke detector at all, but somehow we say it's not any more, we say it's less annoying. So to me, there's this thing going on with media where it's like, no, Dolores Umbridge's class in the movie, Harry Potter, is just as terrible as sitting in Dolores Umbridge's class. Why are we distinguishing it? Cause it's part, cause there's Harry Potter before and after it. So for me, it's very similar. It's the same. What's different about it? You see people being indoctrinated. And this is one of many red pill cults. MGTOW is really, in my opinion, the most culty and the only one I've invested. But there's many red pill cults that are doing the thing about Echo 2 indoctrinated. I believe Chris Hassan visited about 2,000 different websites in MGTOW and it was given its own section in the, the whatchamacallit, in the uh, the warrant. It had its own section specifically to MGTOW website in the internet. That uh, is really impressive that doing that enough that they were like, yeah, you get your own little bit. It's not just lumped in. And you know, what stands out more to a prosecutor is obviously websites he was going on about terrorism and manifestos and long range sniper covert operation, things like that at gun clubs and those sort of webs. But I wanna read this quote that's a part of his defense. Quote, essentially what the government has here is a lot of dots on a page. They are trying mightily to connect those dots into a sinister picture, but the dots just don't connect. The picture is not there. So this is in reference to him being looking like a terrorist in some sort of way. And I think that's the view we'll have to take when talking about this. Like he was not charged. He pled guilty all four counts. He was not charged with terrorism ever. But what we do know is it was on MGTOW a lot of the time. He was doing drugs, working out a lot, and he was modifying weapons. That's all we know. Hadn't quite taken that next step. He got caught really good. I don't I remember he had a lot of weapons, excessive weapons. And right. It's terrifying to think what he could have done, especially if he did use like scarred resources. Well, he, he, I don't think he ever did. I, all the internet searches were from his home, but 
you know, the case becomes a lot more about Second Amendment. And one of the things that they say in, I want to say it's a bail hearing. They say, if having all these, he bought those weapons legally. Stockpiling weapons is not illegal. He only had, you know, we're only disputing these silencers. You're talking about these silencers without serial numbers on the thing. Like, if stockpiling weapons is illegal, you have to go out and make a lot of arrests for potential terrorists. He had a lot of guns, sure, but it's not illegal where he lived. And the, even the issue of silencers was really an interesting one that is much more interesting legally. And if you're a lawyer, you're going to attach because their point, the, the government said, well, look, he has all these weapons and he has silencers. Well, silencers are there. They're a part of owning weapons. Silencers are not illegal. Are we debating having silencers? And it's this dots on a page thing that is, in my mind, a metaphor as well for how MGTOW operates. Look, we're, this is what MGTOW is. We're not a group. We don't identify as a group. We can't be a cult. Well, a lot of you are interested in individualism and a lot of you won't just not say you're MGTOW. You identify as MGTOW, so you're a group. Okay, whatever. We, we allow for disagreement. No, what you allow for is yelling, which is like a known way of getting out your rage. And when it comes to getting people to stay in cults, being angry at them, from what people have told me, is a really great way to scare people and to kind of let your own steam out or assert dominance in some way. All sorts of weird involved in rage. And fascinatingly, we talk about this in a video we did called Hard Fact, where it's like Christopher Hassan's psychologist, I believe, says that he's doing all of this to make ideation. He's creating a fake world in order to do this stuff. He's not actually trying to get violence across. He's trying to create a version of reality in which he feels can control everything. It's something along those lines that he's he's scapegoating his emotion. And so if he's scapegoating his emotions and it's not real, then that only proves that MGTOW is a cult, which is our main, like, main focus on, is on that. And everyone agreed on that. He's, he's just getting rid of, you know, false feel control, which is like, exactly what cult leaders do because it's not real, right? A lot of what they say isn't real. And even if it is real, like that's how you gain control is you create a scary world that makes sense to your followers, right? Even if your cult is based around, you know, the best way to tie your shoe, like this cartoon we did about cult. Well, it, even if that's the best way to tie your shoes, cults have nothing to do with their beliefs. They have to do with creating that scary world. So it was really interesting to look at this trial and be like, how is this, how is this guy like a cult? And to have his own defense say, he's creating a scary world that makes sense to him, but isn't real. It was like, oh, oh, right there. Oh, you hit you the definition. You, you hit the definition. No whammies, no whammies. <laughs> Just keep it in here because because here's the thing about about cults and things like that and, 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 and violence and stuff like that is if you don't make it fun, people won't get educated. And I think that like distancing it like there's a there's a hard line to toe with, right? Because it's really scary people that have been in it. But if you can like be fun and educate people along the way, that's like my big philosophy is like no one knows. I have seen people watch entire cult documentaries and then ask them, how did that cult get started? And they don't know because this basic civics lesson essentially in cults that I've gotten through doing this research. I'm like, well, why isn't that what they say in these documentaries? We focus so much on the morbid and the morose and the gross and the sexual because that's horrible and we want to empathize with the victim. But we've had a lot of people, I'll bring it down a bit here. We've had a lot of people reach out who are in a are like, it's not the, uh, the actual physical violence that is really what does the damage over time. It's the, the mental abuse, the love bombing, troll. And that's get stay in a cult. So if we don't make it fun, if we don't keep in our section about press your luck, okay, <laughs> then no one will listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. 
So you had you had heard about this case. I had not at the time. I they talked about like found all the weapons and all that, and then it just kind of went away. You know, it's not like uh, the Turpin family where you kept getting updates. It was weird because it it really did go away. I I'll tell you it, I why like, the judge banned electronic from trial. Fuck um, that. Due to the fact that. Uh, well, actually, I think the reasons are really great. I don't have the actual document in front of me right now, but it was essentially along the lines of, you've made a media circus of this, and we're not doing that. And so I'd like this person to get a fair and real trial, and I'm not allowing anyone into the courtroom. This is the thing about being a reporter on stuff is like, a lot of times the way reporting works is like, you're just picking it up from some other wire or you're paying another station to use it. The court records are public. The court, the, 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 the case was unsealed. It wasn't a sealed court. The problem is, is that people don't want to do extra. Oh, they don't want to read? Yeah. <laughs> I had to read to do this, which I know. I'm sorry. They turned it off. They, uh, they heard I was a re Now they know I'm a dork. They know I'm a dork. I'm not going to get a date to prom. <laughs> then I really wasn't going to get a date to prom. But you don't really. To be honest, like I know we're making jokes now. You didn't really. Oh, no. Re it really is very. Legitimately, I went to high school, cheated his way. And like the teacher knew and tried to just mess with him the entire time. It was really. <laughs> Did you grow up in Britain? We are not. No. We will fight them on the universities. On the loo, on the loo lines. On the loo QR. Excuse. I've been banned from Britain for saying line instead of no i grew up in ohio so what else do we want to know about christopher hassan i mean wh wh what have we missed anything that i mean he pled guilty um did anything come out in the trial that would prize and the cult did a search just so for yeah it. i have i have here the, the bigger concerns were things like uh, i'll read this christopher hassan was had a, a checkered past which i don't think that why i'm frustrated is when we do this investigation on mig and we come to they'll often say incel as something that's going on. but of course they're totally separate in different communities on the internet and in fact incel is a boogeyman to MGTOW and MGTOW is they, they, they're competing philosophies of a schism of red pill cult and it's really frustrating because A this court the media was, was stopped filming not on reporting though guys <laughs> like there's literally like two or three stories on, uh, it's a pretty big deal and MGTOW was not mentioned other than in the Warren bigger ideas there was stuff like this though that he wrote they don't say where he wrote this though okay i'll just read segments of stuff they wrote get it okay so this was in one of his recoverable files sent right around a rally or goat okay he doesn't i don't think he goes to rally seemingly writing to someone in the the rally like one of the leaders so i'll read that for yada 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 to date, I have read most of your books, White, and briefly looked at your website. I am a longtime White Nash and have been a skinhead for 30 plus years ago before my time in the military. From, I have served in three branches, currently serving, never attended college, with two years till I hit mandatory retirement. While I fully support the idea of a white home, friends who still play at B plus say, you are an informant. That is neither here nor, it, that is neither here nor there. It is not an accusation. The person who told me this served a 12 year prison and never ratted me out. So I will not dispute him or, or accuse you. I never saw a reason for mass protest or wearing uniform, marching around, provoking swast, etc. I was and am a man of action. You cannot change my protest. However, you can make change with a little focused violence. The government has expertly infiltrated and destroyed from within, if not all pro-white organizations. We need a white home as Europe seems lost. How long until we can hold out there? Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, it gets a lot worse from that. Um, so That's already really bad. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. But essentially, that's a letter he's writing pretty close to when he gets arrested um, for Tramdoll and all those. Uh, that's pretty damning. Problem is, is that if you are a, if you are against this guy, if you just want this guy to get locked up, 
like prosecute. If you see him as a threat, that's the thing to focus on. My question, and I would ask of Chris, is why, where do you get worse? How are you okay for a while? You have this checkered past a long time ago. How do you get worse? Is it a cult like MGTOW where you're allowed to say whatever harmful thoughts you want to put out? There? That's, that's my real thing that I would talk to there. This thing about an informant is apparently there was some investing to him hanging out with uh, skinheads. I think there was an informant but I don't know if that's actually, it's unclear if he's actually writing, but this is all to say that he was in favor of doing sort of action and to show his extremist view. Yeah, he clearly doesn't have an issue, kind of I am. And you're right, there, you said there's really no trigger that kind of starts worse. I, okay, stress the fact he has mandatory retirement. Who, who knows? Because the, the case was a slam dunk. The case was, you know, Christopher Sam pled guilty. He had done the crimes. He had was on Tramadol. He had, you're not allowed to have possession of guns when you're doing those drugs. That's one of his charges, remember? Possession of firearms as a uh, an addict. So forget about the weapons mod. Forget about the stockpiling. Forget about the extremist views. This is a slam dunker. He yeah. is not allowed to be on this drug while he ha and have weapons at the same time. It's an illegal drug. He's addicted. It's, it's a slam dunk. So what is legal and what gets covered? A big frustration had. What I can say for sure from what his representatives and what everyone agrees on, he gets a lot worse from his internet act. And that's the thing to focus on is that MGTOWs will hear this and go like, whoa, we're not, first of all, they won't say we're not anything. They won't admit they're a group. They'll say, well, we're not white nationalists. It's like, well, tell that to the white nationalists in your forum. And they'll go, okay, well, that's only a few of them. Okay, you should kick them out. It's like, well, we don't hate, you know, the, we don't hate America. And we don't hate the, the, the fact of like, you know, everyone being open. Well, you do believe a lot of this stuff about marriage laws in only white country, predominantly like originally white country. You kind of do believe all that. And it goes back to that dots on a page is this is why I coined the word hashtag cult is this is the adaptation cult. You cannot pin it if you start to look at the beliefs, if you start to look at why they're dangerous. You can only pin it based on the psychology, which I'm not a psychologist, of the, <laughs> I'm qualified to say it, so let me say it now. You can only use psychology. You can only look at the psyche of the, the people in there and the psyche of all of them. I have to yell and scream in order to feel good. I am in danger. I am in danger of women, so therefore I have to get away from them. I'm in danger of the laws about marriage, these different things. I said marriage weird there. You, and, and and that's why I have to believe in this. this has to be true, and I'll have confirmation bias, and I'll find evidence. World, these dots on a page, if you actually go after the dot, you're never going to hit. You're just going to say, we, they're going to say, well, we're not a group. We have this adaptation. Okay, well, we're... We're not, we don't believe in these extreme. Okay, well, some of you do. Get rid of them. The line I always say whenever I'm on podcast, a forum, a, a MGTOW forum, which has the rule, keep misogyny, which is the craziest statement in the history of state. Because if you recognize it as misogyny, why would you want it at all? Um, which is to say, maybe they want more misogyny and they're afraid to do it or they're afraid of getting their forum shut down. Unclear, but it's a crazy statement. It is. And if you think about it, like you said, they're... They're acknowledging it's a problem, but they're not doing it about it because because <laughs> because well, they don't really care or no. it's that or it's that like, you know, they don't really get it or it's what I've said, which is they're in a cult. You know, we talk to ex-members of these groups and they say it definitely wasn't in my right mind. I didn't know I shouldn't be the one one person I experienced. Why would I know anything? I was just listening to older guys so I could learn. And he became more isolated from his fam. Do you know how a lot of them get out? So I'll, I'm like fine opening up the curtain. I'm so happy when I have like stump speech for, for stuff. Um, for me, as a teller, I only follow narrative. The thing that you should be scared of in the world is not is not necessarily things that people are saying that are horrible against. It's not necessarily.
necessarily violence or threats. It's thinking you're immune to those, it's thinking you're immune to being caught up. It's thinking you're immune to joining sides with the bad power. That type of thinking really gets uh, stuck in a certain way. It gets feeling familiar and never question yourself. Now, of course, there's people like me who can't do anything without questioning themselves and feel guilt all the time. And I'm not happy either. So take Same. it from both sides. <laughs> take it from both sides. If the story of a cult is person, their journey in the out, the twist is that those are never the same. Each individual cult's different. Each individual cult member isn't a cult member. They're a person. Every cult leader is a person. Every cult member, they have their own unique journey of how they get sucked into this all have totally unexpected reason for getting out based on that. That's the twist. You have no idea how they get out. So for some of them, women. For some of them, something random. It's, it is all about not looking at cults, philosophy at it as cohorts, all about not looking about cult members as, you know, brainwashed like zombies. They're brainwashed in an individual. Remember, you have all day to just manipulate. And once you get two or three people helping you do that, all these people focus, it's an individual. The idea that what's brainwashed from a narrative is the philosophy. Because you just put a philosophy out there and it'll brainwash people and get them in. No way. It requires self, it requires abuse from other, it requires being in a place where you're primed to believe. It's all different. There's every single cult is different. Have you talked to anybody whose like story about how they got sucked in and sucked out particularly stuck with you or like shook you a little bit? I mean, they all, they, they all shake me to a certain extent. Um, and they all stick with awesome talks. The most full story we have of someone getting in and getting out is a YouTuber that was making anti red and had gotten, had gotten into mid MGTOW and red pen recently gotten out of it. He's a young man and he had a bad breakup. That was it. He went to college. He had a bad breakup and he was confused and it was a bad breakup. It involves the fact that he finds himself more on the asexual side of the spectrum, which we're trying to investigate because sexuality is my opinion as a, I'm going to say as a journalist as much as I can. So please keep home. Please keep a bingo board at home to your potential going up and up. But as a, <laughs> as a journalist, I think I don't see a lot of stories about asexuality or a lot of education. And no, so you thank you. Now you've upped my pretentious. Yes. That's the no, reaction I, I want all the time. No, no I just I, I was like flipping through like articles you see and you, you don't. I think right now bisexuals and gender are really having light. Yeah. yeah. It's t and the thing that stuck with me, if you ask what stuck with me, he had this bad breakup. Um, she said she was sort of asexual, kind of asexual. They were both close to that aspect. And he sort of found out via um, internet videos that she was maybe manipulating that. It was very done. The details are, are vague, but the more interesting element that stuck with me was I asked, do you think your asexuality had any do with being? And he said it was definitely easier to believe a world in which sex or relationship with women is a bad idea, his own tendency. And MGTOW use asexuality really disgustingly. Essentially, they say it's like some super weapon that you can become an all-powerful master of the world by not ma and uh, not having relation, not having sex with women, which of course doesn't describe asexuality, but it's no. a background element to that, to that. And they use it as this, as this thing. And so right now, if I could survey, the reason it stuck with me, if I could survey the, I would ask, do you know what is, or do you believe you may be? And I think that why I want to change the word toxic masculinity is because I think it's stopping men from getting therapy because they want to feel like, and if they don't feel like men societal men or men on sex sex no or men work out 
I think that, which was another part of this case that also the way work out of madness, which that one's real. You're not a man unless you can lift stuff. Um, <laughs> but, but this, this, I don't think toxic masculinity works because are going to have men. The reason these guys are in it is don't feel like them. And I don't think that that's their fault. I think that is society's fault. And that's the, the, the pressure top of it. Now that's a vulnerable person, right? That's the person who's vulnerable. And then they get indoctrinated. Then there's the, the messages we see all the time on these, on these websites which are like i'm 16 i hate women should i join migtow i just got broken up with i hate my parents this that and the other and young kids 16 15 years old grown men on these forums telling them yeah you shouldn't date you should make up your own mind about this but dating there's all these dangers in dating there's and you know migtow really can save law it's like it's terrifying society or just your circumstance puts you into a state where you're like, I feel bad about my relationship as a, as a straight man in society or as a man in society. It doesn't occur to you to ask, maybe I'm gay. It doesn't occur to you to ask, like, maybe I'm a different place on the spectrum. It doesn't occur to you to ask, that person just sucks. Or maybe society created the situation. Right. Is it is it a real version of me where I can be not strong. I can not be trying to sleep with every girl. I I can be not the head of my company, as someone said to us in one interview. Doesn't even identify as MGTOW. He's one of the schism groups from it. Somebody trying to pick up artists or another. This idea that you, I, I want to rename it Atlas Disorder, that you have the weight of the world on and that that's what causes you to act this way. Um, I think that, that you're not going to get guys into therapy that way. According to Chris Hassan's therapist, therapist, I think he's just a psychologist that helps with the appeal. This is all ideation as a coping mechanism. And we've heard that from everyone. This is a coping mechanism. This is a coping mechanism. We've heard it about PAC. Oh, they need a, men need to be in PACs, all these different things. And so it does in the end boil down getting men therapy. In my opinion, if I can be so grand about our investigation, stopping men before they become like violent abuse or, you know, emotional abuse, either to them or to others. I, I think that's... That's really interesting because, yeah, we definitely see a lot of, in true crime especially, a lot of situations where it could have been stopped so much earlier. If like there was a conversation, maybe someone went to therapy, maybe they agreed it wasn't healthy. You know, like we always say women are much more talker. That does, I mean, we should let men have, have that ability as well to be able to say, you know what? This is not okay. I'm not doing okay. Mm -hmm. And have someone actually listen to them and not just you know, give lips and guys do as much and help as much as women generally do. Not all women, but I feel like <laughs> I'm going to well, say well, that not all women are like that, but I mean, I'm fortunate enough. I know have a that that's a friends that if I'm you know, struggling, they into lift. a term there. AWALT, that's one of their crazy terms. All women are like, that's really one of, I, I can't, you can't make this stuff up. That's one of their, um, there's AWALT and NAWALT. Not all women, but these are one of their indoctrinations. Sorry, wait, you were talking about girlfriend. Yes, this is men need more girl talk. I agree. Even if it's just you and your buddy sitting around with beers talking, like if you're having a difficult time and like having different perspective, I think it's just healthy to have someone to be able to talk it out with. And if they say, hey, I think maybe you're you need beyond like girl talk because I know my friends would straight up be like girl you need to professionally talk to someone this problem is bigger than us just sitting around chatting on the phone you know one of the one of the biases that I've that 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 I try to get out there in terms of like not just the cult stuff because like you're saying like oh you know in murder stuff it's preventable and I think that's the reason people gravitate towards doing serial killers because it's like wow this is just a once once in a lifetime weirdo that just way on the end of the bell curve and uh, they just decided to go out and kill people but most murders happen because of a romantic partner being angry or a family member being angry yeah and it, 
on that same thing, I'm really into myth bust in terms of what people think about and how they get isolated. Most of the subjects I've talked have friends, fam. Most of the subjects I talk to have friends and fam, and they sort of, because of their own actions, start to self-isolate, and that's what makes sense. The the young YouTuber I talked about makes red pill. He's anti-red pill, but he was living with his. He had nice parents. He had nice and started to that little bit of isolation turned into more. And so you know, Christopher Hassan was married, had a, a family, a pretty strong family. wasn't wasn't really reaching out. So that possibility exists there too. But I also don't want to discredit the feeling of these people for getting into this cult or getting this thinking. Like a little bit of isolation, a little bit of loneliness, double and triple so quick. And I do understand that feeling that, that this thing of like, oh, talk to your friends, reach out. I'm very much against this thing of like, end the stigma. It says nothing about mental health. As someone with OCD, just saying end the stigma, you know, it it might not be as you talk to you. You might not be able to talk to you. It's yeah. a societal up to be like, go to a doctor. I feel You're like that's a lot bleeding. of it is go to a doctor. And if you, like you said, he had that support system and maybe they just didn't notice because a lot of people, especially now are so like, especially with like our phones and all of that, you're so wrapped up in your own shit. I'm trying to start a comment awareness. One of them wanted our, our documentary because it's like, all right, listener right now, have you ever shown real life? Have, has anyone ever shown you their comment? I mean, your YouTube, have you ever shown someone your YouTube comment? Do you, uh, you know, it's this idea of you say, oh, they might not have. Think about your friends. Do you actually know what they do on the internet when they're not interacting with you directly, when they're not doing something in a public feed? How many people listening to the show right now have looked at the comments section of like on Twitter? This is where this person commented and like. You have to swipe over one column, one or two columns to see that. How often do you actually do it? We, I do we, it we have occasionally, no but yeah, not frequently. It's not like all the time. We have no awareness of what other people are doing on the internet. They might not have. I don't even know what my, my girlfriend does on the internet. She's sitting next to me with her phone. You know, like you don't know unless you ask someone. I want to start this. I've filed to have a national day, which I haven't told anyone, but I want to have a comment. Show people your com show people where you actually write stuff to other people. I think it Oh yeah, I think it really does. One, it will make people really think, hey, am I being an asshole? Because if, if you're ashamed to show a friend, your family, or your mom, your comments, are you being an asshole? Right. And that real world element too doesn't have to be like necessarily somebody with you. It's like, get on the phone, hear what they say, hear what they say, evaluate what my, I mean, even when people are agreeing, uh, I think this thing of taking out your aggression on the internet is a huge, because people agree. And I've, I've, I asked someone as a part of this and agreeing with them on their Facebook post, why do you want to talk to God? This is horrible. Why are you engaged? It's just like dreadful to listen. Who cares if he's agreeing? I don't think people are aware of how it comes. We, I actually was on a major show and we, we talked to one of the m biggest, and they're not aware of how they, no one's ever, it's a private thing, but it's published it's out there. You don't need a, I don't need a warrant to read your comments. They're no. there, they're public. Out. <laughs> well, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? Hashtag cult.org. Hashtag cult podcast. Learn about cults, about MGTOW in general. Very extensive, like, dot. we only use first person parties as a big thing. We only use, we, if someone has to say it to me on camera, we interview people. Um, they have to say it. If they don't, it doesn't get added to the invest. It's a really cool document making. And what we do is like, we take the interviews and I essentially call it an assistant editing podcast where we take the clips that are ultimately going to be in the movie and we just talk about them. Maybe, maybe come on, be co-host. So take a little break and then come back for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Which is Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> yes, we'll talk. be talking about Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> Do no, we won't. You've heard the stories about murder and homicide, but what about the rest of the crimes committed daily? What about the police officer who robbed banks during lunch or the multi-million dollar diamond heist? What about the assaulters, stalkers, and arsonists? I'm Lindsay, the host of Mugshot. 
Mugshot is a new true crime podcast that tells the stories of non-murderous crimes. Season one has begun and new episodes release on Mondays. Mugshot can be found on most podcatchers and on social media at the handle at MugshotPod. I hope you'll join me, but until then, be on your best behavior or you'll end up with your own mugshot. Domesticity, we're available on all podcatchers. Remember to rate, review, subscribe to help spread the word or just force other people to listen to it. Our Facebook and Twitter are at Domestic Podcasts, and our Instagram is at The Cult of Domesticity. We also have podcast merch at Threadless. Uh, as well, if you want to support us financially or show some appreciation, we have a PayPal tip jar and a Patreon, which has some pretty great perks. Any topic suggestions, feel free to email us at domesticpodcasts at gmail.com. Remember to stay domestic and cult-free. <laughs>